Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya. Please hit subscribe. We'd love to have you with us every day that we drop. Today's going to be kind of short, but sweet and important. It has come to my attention lately that people love to ridicule. (laughs) Now, you might be laughing saying, "Uh, this is just now coming to your attention, Michelle. See, I'm guilty of it, too. I sometimes like to ridicule people when they walk into something or when they say something so completely ridiculous that you have no choice but to, if you're going to acknowledge it, ridicule it. But I don't believe in trashing people's character. And it happens so often these days that we're so willing to just trash each other's character, in particular, people we don't even know people that we see on Twitter, people that we see on whatever platform you're using, you find something that they say offensive. And again, I've always maintained that you get to choose whether or not you're offended. If you feel offended by something that's kind of on you and you could just walk away from it, turn the page, delete the tweet, whatever it is, block the person, whatever you want to do, that's your choice. But if you get so offended that you can't get it out of your head, and so then you go ahead and you just start throwing barbs back and you ridicule this person and you really don't know them, that's where we start to really find ourselves getting into trouble. And there are a couple of things that have kind of come into focus for me over the, over the Good Friday and Easter weekend. And maybe that's, that's why I'm paying closer attention because on Easter, I did come out of the day determined to make a fresh start in many ways of my life and to be a better person and not to amplify things that are so negative. So I want to get into that with you. I want to share with you a great saying that my husband introduced me to, and I want to tell you why ridicule is a weapon that you don't have to succumb to. So all of that is coming up. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. All right, so let's start with the facts. I believe it was Good Friday, and it's a shame that this did happen on Good Friday, that I engaged with someone on Twitter that I probably shouldn't have. But I went into it because they called one of my opinions trash. And I decided to respond because this particular person has a very large following. And I thought, well, I don't want to be just sitting here, you know, letting him call me trash to a pretty big following and not respond. 
That was kind of mistake number one. doesn't matter how big his following is. But I said, look, I'm not going to use terms like trash, but I will say, you know, why are you so, you know, what, wh- I don't understand your tweet. What about my stance is trash, yada, yada. Then in a separate tweet, he said, you know, I'm a sports reporter and basically implied I don't have any business tiptoeing into political debate or, (laughs) hey, walking knee deep into political debate for that matter. And I thought, well, that's interesting. That's a way of trying to put me down. Okay. So I tweeted before I knew enough about this person. Wouldn't it be a good idea? Wouldn't we have a more fruitful conversation if you came on my podcast? Look, I'd always like to talk to people who see the world differently from me. And this person tweeted back, let's do it. So, oh, within five minutes, I got a a direct message from a very respected journalist, someone I respect greatly. And this direct message said, this person you're engaging with does not operate in good faith. I, and I took that to heart and I thought, oh my gosh, the fact that this journalist went out of their way to call my attention to what I was stepping into meant a lot to me. It, it was caring and it was also, you know, forewarning, like be careful what you're doing here. So I went and I did some due diligence on this person, this this person on Twitter who was demeaning me. And I discovered that, wow, they're sort of in the business of doing this. This is what they do. They have a podcast. They advertise their podcast as, look who I destroyed. Look who I torched. Look who I took down. Look who I demolished. Look who I roasted. All that terminology that means that they basically feel they dominate the other side and embarrass the other side and quote unquote school the other side. And I thought to myself, is this really a good idea to engage with someone whose really sole mission it is to ridicule, embarrass, school, roast, destroy? Am I just going to be another one another notch on that belt of destruction. And I talked to my husband about it and here's the great phrase he had for me. And I tweeted it out. He said, sometimes talking with people like that is like playing chess with a pigeon. And I waited for clarification. And he said, no matter how on point you are at chess, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how many brilliant moves you make, the pigeon will knock all over the the pieces over, shit all over the board and prance around like they won. And I thought, that's brilliant. The funny thing was then I Googled this phrase, playing chess with a pigeon. And you can use it any way you want. It was it was classic because the examples were arguing with a Trump supporter is like playing chess with a pigeon. Then there was another one. Arguing with a liberal is like playing chess with a pigeon. <laughs> and then arguing with fill in the blank is like playing chess with a pigeon. So yes, you can use it for whomever you feel is going to knock all the pieces over, poop all, all, all over the chessboard, 
and walk around like they won. But it, it, it really made me think, why would I want to put myself through that? Why would I want to play chess with a pigeon? And it, it did sound like this is exactly the territory I was wading into, that I was going to sit down with as prepared as I could be with my chess moves, with all of my strategy, you know, maybe the queen's gambit, whatever, and have the other person knock all the pieces down, poop all over the board and walk around like they won, no matter what. And I thought, man, that's a brilliant saying. I am going to take that to heart. And I think I'm going to uninvite this person because I don't want to play chess with a pigeon. It does not sound fun to me. So, and it does not sound productive in the least. So whereas I threw it out as maybe we can have a fruitful conversation, I realized the pigeon doesn't want a fruitful conversation. They just want to knock everything down and destroy and pretend like they won. So that's not what my podcast is about, particularly after this Easter weekend where I really had some deep reflection. And so I'm not going to do it. And you'll note, I'm not saying any names here. Uh, some people, I'm sure, if they're following me very closely, will be able to figure it out. But I just don't want to do that. This isn't personal. This is not personal. This is professional. I'm making a decision about what I want my podcast to be. And that's not what I want it to be. So I want to tell you a couple other things, and I'm going to invite my producer, John Bergen, in a minute uh, because he has a great example of, example is the wrong word. He has a great take on what ridicule does to people. And I think it's really interesting and thoughtful and reasonable and important. So we'll get into that. Plus, um, Saul Alinsky's fifth rule on rules for radicals. When I reveal this to you, you're going to, and, and many of you may know it, but when we go over it, you're going to go, oh my gosh, I fall for that every time. And you shouldn't, you don't need to. It's an easy one to not fall for. It's a, we have simple protections for you and that's coming up. But first, I want to tell you about Genucel. This is my skincare secret because I don't like to look tired. And I know you don't like to look tired either. It's kind of one of those worst, you know, when you walk into a, a store and you run into a friend, oh, what's going on? You look so tired. And you're thinking, I feel fresh as a daisy. What, what do you mean I look tired? Well, let me tell you about this secret. It's called Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. It's an antioxidant-based skincare company manufactured right here in the United States. And it's formulated by a pharmacist. The ingredients are high quality and these products are sure to smooth out all those fine lines and prevent new ones from coming. And one of my favorites is the deep firming serum with stem cell technology. This stuff is the bomb. I apply it after I've cleansed my skin with their um, deep sea cleanser, which by the way is soap free and it's just magnificent. But anyway, you put this deep firming serum on with the stem cell technology and your skin just kind of automatically feels plumper and 
more firm and fresh and young, quite frankly. And right now you can save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package just in time for the warm spring weather. And by the way, this is just as effective for men as it is for women. There's uh, really no difference there. Featuring GenuCell's Ultra Retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative, safe on your skin in the summer sun, and GenuCell's Dark Spot Corrector to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from those long summer days outside, which I think we're wading into now. Plus, you'll still get GenuCell's classic under-eye bags therapy for those annoying under-eye bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, you'll see results in 12 hours or less, guaranteed, or you get your money back. So there's really nothing to lose. Visit GenuCell.com slash Michelle to save over 70% on their most popular package. Plus every order subscription includes a luxury gift box with two free springtime essentials. That's two free gifts plus free concierge shipping for a limited time. Go to GenuCell.com slash Michelle, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle with one L. Don't forget that. M-I-C-H-E-L-E. So while I've been going through all of this thinking about how I want my podcast to be and who I would like to invite, whom I would like to invite, I, I thought about this person and I looked at their YouTube channel and again, roast, destroy, um, owns, schooled, just all it was, was just attack, attack, attack. And I thought, okay, that's great clickbait, I guess, right? So maybe you get more viewers. That's not what I'm here for. I mean, yes, I want millions of viewers, but I don't want them for those reasons. I don't want them to tune into to this podcast so that they can see me ridicule or fry someone or destroy them or throw flames. That's not it. I started this podcast because I think there is a deep yearning for some sanity, for some sort of more centrist conversation that is calm, that is learning, that is, you know, you build bridges, you find common ground. So I thought, what is this about this desire to ridicule? And that's where I read this from Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It is almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. Also, it infuriates the opposition who then react to your advantage. That's Saul Alinsky, Rules for Radical. Radicals rule number five. Now you can say most potent weapon ridicule. Really? Well, I mean, think about it. Think about people who have been ridiculed in public. And my producer, John Berg, who's here, um, John, I want, I want to get your take on this. Cause you, you often talk about this in the Jewish faith about ridicule and what it, what it means in that faith. I, I'd love you to tell our listeners. Well, and and to be clear, I'm not Jewish, and I'm not a theologian of any 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 standing or anything. <laughs> He's not but a practicing am, theologian. I, I'm not. A, I'm not. But but I believe it's Dennis Prager, and I've maybe even Ben Shapiro and a few people. Uh, I've heard prominent Jewish uh, public intellectuals talk about the Jewish faith, and there is part of their scripture, uh, a part of their sort of code. Uh, if you go back, is to publicly humiliate somebody. Traditionally, going way back in Jewish culture, was Akin, it was as great of a sin as essentially killing somebody and actually murdering them because you're destroying their reputation. You're destroying their ability 
to operate in society. It, it, it's, it's a death sentence without the death, essentially. Wow. Um, we've talked a lot about how people are losing faith these days and how, how, how belief systems such as Judaism and Christianity seem to be uh, really under attack. And that's one of the things I always try to keep in mind. I, 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 it just always pops into my head when I hear somebody just clearly ridiculing somebody for no other purpose other than to try to destroy their character. We all have tendencies like that. We all have our strong opinions that we believe in and we all have the desire every once in a while. I think anybody who says they don't is, is not being honest with themselves. Right. We all have the desire to insult somebody or to say something disparaging, to question somebody's character, their moral, their moral fiber, things like that. You mentioned Alinsky's rule and how it infuriates the opposition. Mm-hmm. There's twofold here. A, I don't think it's it's I don't think it's moral to react in a way and 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 just dish it back, you know, and try to just assassinate people. That's just not I, I believe on our side we have arguments on our side. I don't believe that's necessary. And I know things are deteriorating and it's becoming a mudslinging culture. Yes. I try to stay above that. Also, you said it infuriates the opposition. That is what they want to do. Yes. If they get you infuriated, infuriated, they've accomplished part of what they're trying to do, which is to, to discredit you and get you to say something rash or get you to respond in a way that does not drive your point home. So you have to keep a cool head with yes. these people. And quite frankly, I, I, I honestly, at the end of the day, I have. I can empathize with somebody who's that miserable that that's what they do is they go online and their whole podcast is just owning and destroying people. Yeah. I mean, that that's just, it, you spoke to it. That is not what we do here. That is not what this is about. Right. I have an entirely different idea of what legitimate political discourse is from the individual in question who you mentioned in our previous segment. I, well said, oh, yeah. my friend. Well said, especially for a non-practicing theologian. Uh, <laughs> very well said. No, I love it because it's true. And if you think about the number of people, I remember when Brett Kavanaugh was going through his hearings and, you know, people were saying they're destroying this guy's life. And I remember somebody saying to me, his life would not be destroyed. I guess that person thought his life would not be destroyed because he could go on practicing law. He'd still have his family, et cetera, et cetera. But his whole reputation was being destroyed in this incredibly public arena with incredible viciousness. Um, it was, it, that was again, one of those insane moments in America. And we're going through a lot of them. The other one I can think of is Riley Gaines. And we saw it over the weekend, the swimmer from Kentucky. She's been on this podcast and we will be having her again in May. She went to UCSF, University of California, San Francisco, to give a a talk about competing in women's sports. And she's been quite outspoken against biological men, transgender women, in other words, male to female, you know, transgenders competing against biological women in sports. She's been, she competed against Leah Thomas. She saw all of that happen. And she was witness to one of these pivotal moments where we said, it's okay for this biological man who says he's been on, you know, hormone suppressants or whatever you want to call it, because I don't know all the medical terminology, but still standing way taller than any other swimmer there, having survived or existed and competed as a man for most of his adult, most of his life, getting into the swimming pool with a bunch of women who 
didn't train to compete against a biological male. They trained to compete against each other. So Riley Gaines was there and she has been outspoken. So she goes to UCSF and she gives this talk. And afterward, she is mobbed by a group of people. I don't know if all of them were students. And they're shouting, trans women are real women, trans women are real women. And they are calling her vulgar names. And she was also physically struck twice by a biological man. They had to, security had to get her into a room where she remained for three hours because the mob wouldn't go away. And in fact, the mob requested money to get them to go away. So she, as far as I know, and I've been in communication with her since, she is going to pursue legal action. She was not well cared for at that university. Again, a place where you're supposed to be able to exchange ideas. But rather than come at her with any kind of fact-based argument, she was attacked by a mob. And they tried to ridicule her by calling her all kinds of names. And it was so, it was just so disrespectful. But she stood up to it and she, you know, has spoken publicly and she's not going to be intimidated. She is not letting the ridicule get to her. And you can't either. Now, it's no fun to be ridiculed. And because of that, most people just won't partake in the conversations, in the discourse that we're having in society these days, because it, it's, it sucks to be publicly humiliated or ridiculed. And some people just don't feel armed with the necessary words, the necessary approach to combat it. And in fact, they want you to combat it because as John said, and as that Saul Alinsky rule for radicals says, that you're going to infuriate people and that's going to play right into your hands. I mean, I, I, this is nothing new, folks. I, I, I'm realizing that there's very little new in the world, that this stuff has been going on for the ages, which, as John just detailed, is, is it, this is part of human nature, right? And so they're working at getting that part of your human nature to respond in such a way that you just kind of self-combust. So I understand why a lot of people don't want to get into these discussions. I get it. So the advice that I have is, okay, if you don't want to go there, don't. But support people who speak for you. Try to support people who speak for you. And what's sad, and I know it is, is that you feel you have to do that secretly. Well, thank God the voting booth is secret. It wasn't always that way, but it is. So support people you you that speak for you, support companies that speak for you, and don't support the ones that don't. I mean, it's 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 pretty simple. And I guess if you do find yourself being ridiculed, walk away. Just walk away. And if they decide to call you a coward or any other name that they want to call you, walk away. You know who you are. And that's the most important thing. You've got to know yourself well enough and believe in yourself enough and know who you are and know what your values are to be okay with yourself. And if you are in that position where you're solid in 
whatever it is, your values, your faith, whatever it is, and you know who you are, and you know that you're not a racist, no matter how much white fragility tries to tell you that you are, and you know you're not a homophobe, and that this is not about transphobia or xenophobia or sexism or anything else that they want to throw at you, and you know that, that's enough. Your knowledge of that is enough. So you have to cultivate it so that you are strong in it and surround yourself with people who are like-minded and support those who speak for you and don't support those who don't. Huh. That's a lot there for one person to say. I thank John for chiming in. Um, understand why people ridicule. It's really important to know that. And I've got one last little thing to say. I was looking at a Washington Post article today, and it said something about scholars suggest that such and such and such and such is rooted in racism. Remember that when you see the word scholars, it doesn't really mean what it used to mean. In the words of Shania Twain, that don't impress me much because today's scholars, today's academia, don't always rely on statistical data and long-term historical evidence. They rely on anecdotal stuff and they are agenda driven. So just because there is a scholarly report or scholars say something, just remember that scholars and scholarship and academia ain't what they used to be. There's a lot there for you to chew on today. So you know what? Rewind this and listen to it again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Sideline Sanity. Don't forget, be brave and do good. Thanks for listening.